Hello, welcome to Human Tech, a podcast about the intersection between humans and technology. My name is Guthrie. I am here with Susan. Hi, Susan. My name is Susan. Your name is Susan. That's what it <laughs> says on your birth certificate. Um, so today's topic is one that I actually know very uh, little about because I've never done, I mean, I've done You're a lot of UX consulting. This? Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. But I haven't done sort of um, the, not nearly as much of the day-to-day, in-the-weeds um UX work as you have is that fair to say? Yeah, and I think I mean you've done some UX research. I, you haven't done as much upfront user research as I have, yeah. perhaps. So today's uh, topic is is all about journey mapping, and journey it's a journey mapping. It's really I couldn't think of a worse podcast topic because it's um, in hundred <laughs> percent visual, very visual. There is no. No, um, there are things you can talk auditory about. Component. It's literally making <laughs> a chart you look at with your eyes. So this is this one will be great. We like um, challenges. Yeah, no, I, I we can. There's a lot of we can talk about with journey mapping, but there it is true that um, for any of you who have never heard of a journey map, if you just see a picture of one, all of this will make a lot more sense. Do you think that's also fair? I don't. That maybe, maybe, but you know, maybe not because um, we can talk about some of the problems with the visual aspects of journey maps. Okay, well then, it's let's... very possible to look at a journey map and not have any idea what you're looking at. Okay, so then let's start out with what, in a broad sense, what is a journey map and what is it for? Yeah, so um, a journey map is a great tool to use when you're trying to document, you want to document what are the steps or stages that someone goes through when they're um, either interacting with your product or a lot of times journey maps are done with services, not just products. So for example, um, you know, what is it like if someone uh, is going to um, sign up for your conference and they need to sign up for the conference but they need to get approval and they need to decide whether they're going to do workshops and then they need to arrive at the conference and they, you know, did they pre-register and all of that, right? You might do a journey map to document what is this entire process like? What, do, what steps do people have to go through? Who do they interact with while they're doing it? Um, uh, what things do they have to have uh, in order to, to successfully get it done? And where are the problems in this journey, right? So you're mapping out their journey to do this thing that they're trying to do. You're noting all the ways that they are interacting with you or interacting with others. And then you're finding where are the problems. And maybe you want to change the, um, the process that people have to go through to make it easier to make the problems go away. Yeah, so it's actually it's very actually straightforward methods. if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's mapping a, it's, the yeah. journey. The journey. Now, <laughs> Guthrie, I don't know if you remember when we were at um, Midwest UX. You remember? You remember when we were at Midwest UX? Because it wasn't um, wasn't that long. Yeah, ago, if right? I didn't remember, I would have some sort of. And uh, memory loss. Do you remember? Now I, I want to make sure I'm crediting the right people here. So, uh, 
hold on let me look this up I should have done this before we got on yeah do you remember um when Dana uh, Chisnell gave yes. her keynote talk do you remember that and on voting. Yep. And of I remember. guess what? It was very good. That was a journey map. Yes, I know. So you have you have a little bit of familiarity with this. Well, I'm so just saying d- I know what a journey map. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not starting from. Yeah. Okay. You know, it's just right. that just, I haven't. haven't I have never in the wild be, like had like a client be like, or or Let's do a no, almost map. almost like a like um like a final you know in my uh, you know UX 104. You know, which is not a real it. class that exists, but you know, it's just like, all right. So for your midterm today, um, here's the Do case study, map? and uh, you're creating a journey map. Okay. Well, you know what? It's too bad that you're down in 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 Chicago because tomorrow, sure. up here in Wisconsin, my students in one of the classes I teach at University of Wisconsin are going to create a journey map. Well, that's so funny <laughs> that you brought it up. Then is she? Uh, Susan always gives me a big long list of. Um, topics and i and i'll just all the topics i was like journey maps Sounds yeah good. that's true i gave huh. you a list of like 20 things and you picked what is this one and we're doing it tomorrow what is this uh what is this map or what what's sorry what's the map what's the name of the class this this class i'm talking about um i i named it it's a it's an elective it's technically 346 advanced concepts in user experience great but that's a great uh, name no it's like you don't need to say anything else about it no no but this particular one is called the ux toolbox and so we've been learning about all the different tools that a ux person might use either during design or for user research up front or for user research afterwards it's been actually I don't know if the students love it. I they seem to enjoy it. I have really loved teaching this one because we did, you know, card sorting and remote user testing and in-person user testing and heuristic evaluation and all this stuff. So anyway, one of the things that we're doing we're doing tomorrow is a journey map. Anyway, back to Dana. She did this great um, map, and and hers was a little different than um, uh, some other ones we'll talk about. What I really liked about hers was the first thing she did was she mapped out what the state of California thinks people are doing when they're preparing and then voting. Yeah. And, you know, they they think it's step one, step two, step three, step four. You know, the first thing someone does, what was it she said? The first thing someone does is, uh, oh, the first thing that happens is they, they, they notice that the election has been announced and then they register to vote and so on. And so the, first she mapped out what the state thinks people do, and then she went and mapped out what really happens. And she actually did this with two groups. One she called, I think, the privileged group. Uh, these are people, you know, who have uh, live in one place and um, have have can easily get to a polling place and that kind of thing. And the other one she called, uh, what did she call the other one? The burdened process, if, you know, you, you don't have a stable place to live and you don't have good transportation and so on. Anyway, um, I thought she just gave such a wonderful presentation. And if, if uh, you guys don't know about this, you can contact Nina. Or actually, she, I, um, I believe she has, uh, she might have a slide share on it. It's, I think she might. Anyway, check that out. But, um, you know, that's one example. Here's another example. This is this is an example I, I use a lot when I'm teaching about journey maps. Um, there was a hospital that uh, did um, MRIs uh, 
you know, to you need to get scanned because you have a medical problem. But they this was a pediatric unit, and what was happening was um, uh, they noticed the reason they wanted to do the journey map is they noticed that there the children that had to go through this it, it was stressful for them and. Uh, they wanted to map out what was going on and, wh- and what they might change. And I want to use that one as an example because I think it's a really, I don't know, it's a, just a good example. It's very straightforward. So what they first did was they mapped out the process. Step number one was they mapped out the process. And, and by the way, to do this, when I go to my class tomorrow, I'm br- I bought this, um, it's like a roll of newsprint. Like it's like a three feet wide or long or yeah three feet wide and then it's a huge roll I don't know what it is 50 feet 100 feet and uh, we'll we will roll out a big piece of this and and cut it and I'm gonna have seven teams and I'm very lucky because the room I teach in at UW uh, is in this kind of weird warren or maze of hallways and there are tons of blank walls all around us outside of our classroom like just hallways with blank walls and also I'm lucky because this particular class starts at 4 p.m. and by then everyone's gone and there's no other classes so we're going to take over the entire wing and we're going to have these gigantic pieces of paper you know three feet by like probably 10 feet, uh, I'm going to have seven teams. Each is going to have their own piece of paper working on this. So typically when you do journey maps like this, you need to do, you know, you, you want a big whiteboard or a big piece of paper because you're going to be collaborating with a team. Um, now, we're not going to do this one I'm describing to you because when you're doing a journey map, you need to have with you people who know about the process and preferably you know, a person who's has gone through the process, the customer, the user. Um, we don't have that for the pediatric example I'm giving you. So my students have come up with, they each had to come up with two ideas, and then they'll decide in their teams which one to use. But they had to come up with an idea that either they could be the customer or some. they know that, you know, it's something really common, like, you know, signing up for classes, planning a the things they sent in were like signing up for classes, planning a trip for spring break. <laughs> um, what else did they have? They just had all kinds of, you know, planning. Oh, um, one student who is having a big snafu with his visa. Uh, to, he's studying abroad and he's trying to get a visa and it, he's having real problems with it and he has to drive down to Chicago. So he's do, he suggested that they do a journey map on the process for applying for a visa. Um, Anyway, uh, the one I want to walk you through, sorry about that long tangent there. I'm going to walk you through, Guthrie, the, the pediatric MRI. So the first thing that we do is we're going to map out the steps that um, this child, uh, let's say her name is Zoe, uh, has to go through in, as she prepares and then does the MRI. And so the process that this team uh, mapped out was the first step that she, that Zoe ha- does is she goes to the her her physician, 
um, who then recommends that she get the MRI. So the first thing is a post-it note. It would say, you'd put it up on the piece of paper. It would say, uh, go, go to a um, doctor. Uh, get the, uh, the prescription for the MRI. The next uh, thing that the team wrote down, uh, the next post-it note going to the right of that says, uh, uh, writing to the hospital with mom. Uh, the next step was checking in at the hospital. The next one was walking to the MRI room. Uh, the next one is uh, seize the MRI machine. The next one is starts crying and resists the, the uh, being put in the machine. The next one was uh, seeing the doctor enter. The next one is get a shot, which was uh, to calm her down, I think. And, or no, maybe it's a shot. No, it might be a shot for the, to see the color of the, in the MRI. I don't know. Anyway, the last one is go, goes through the MRI. So the first thing you do then is map out, that's the process. Those are the steps. Mm -hmm. um, now, the next thing you, that you map out then is uh, you map out the people that are involved at each step along the way. So we've got this row of post-it notes that says all that. Underneath that, we put another row of post-it notes that says people. And, you know, for, for instance, when she goes to see her doctor, who's involved in that? Okay, it's the, the doctor and other people at the clinic. When she rides to the hospital, who's involved in that? That's her mom. When she checks in, who's involved in that? Well, there's a check-in nurse, right? So you, you kind of write down the people that are involved along the way. So that's another row in your map. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Underneath that, you put another row, which is the things, the things that are involved. You know, like... Uh, when um, at l later, you know, late in the process, when they are giving her the shot, then uh, what's involved is a needle and the shot and the drugs, right? When she's checking in, uh, there's a chart that gets printed out, and so on. So you map out any things that are involved, and again, you're you're tying that. You put it on the timeline so it fits with the step of the process that's involved. So we've now got the steps, we've got the people, we've got the things. By the way, the best way to do that is, is to have a lot of different color post-it notes and use a color for each row. So there's a, the, the example I'm, I'm sharing with you, for instance, the, the steps would be green, the people would be pink, the things would be blue, right? Mm -hmm. All right, so do you have a question? Well, yeah, I, keep yeah I mean, my question is sort of like, Here's my problem with journey maps. <laughs> okay, I haven't even finished, but go ahead. Well, maybe you can help. Maybe you, you'll be able to tie in the second half. Okay. As I said, ahead. just look at just look at a picture of a journey map. You'll figure it out. And you're like, well, you can't because you can't understand what you're looking at. Well, I'm giving. Okay, isn't that okay. a problem I'm giving you, with a journey map? I'm giving you an example of a journey map that's actually pretty clear, but there are other journey maps where. Uh, if you weren't involved in creating that journey map, you won't be able to explain at all what the heck you're looking at. 
Uh, they're really, com I mean, I'm looking at one right now that is very complicated. It has, it's not done the way I just described. It's got circular things and boxes and uh, uh, cloud diagrams and uh, triangles and it's got a legend, but you know, it's just so complicated that I couldn't figure it out. But here's the thing, okay? And this is depends, I think, on your philosophy of journey maps, because I believe, and the other people probably don't agree with me, I believe the purpose of doing a journey map is not to create a beautiful picture that you then show to other people. I believe a journey map is about the work the team does to de to decide on what is the process that's happening now, where are the problem points in that, what should the process be. And then if based on that they want to come away with insights that they share with other people, they can certainly do that. Um, or, you know, what they may need to do is um, do a, a, a different version of the final journey map, a simplified version that will make sense to other people. But, um, and so I'm not saying that you should end up with a journey map that doesn't make sense. I'm just saying that sometimes the people who work on these, it's so complicated and they, they love the picture and they love the image and it makes sense to them that they want to preserve that complicated journey map. I hope they don't make the mistake of necessarily, you know, trying to get everyone else in the organization to understand that. I think, I mean, I don't know if Dana's voting maps were the, you know, are the original and the, the, um, you know, maybe she has a more complicated version that she didn't show us in the talk because it's too complicated. I don't know. I just know when I've done journey maps, um, you know, we tr I first try and do them so that they make sense to the team that's doing it. Uh, and then we come up with, if necessary, a more a simplified version that we can share with others. Now, there's nothing to say that you can't do a simple journey map that you can share, like the one I'm describing to you about the MRI. It's, it's not complicated. And, you know, you can understand it even if, you know, you don't work in a pediatric department. So did that answer your question or not? Yeah, I mean it did, you know, and I think that's one of the I think that's one of the challenges with journey maps, is that is the complicated visual nature. You know, it is it is a problem, and it sort of it's sort of like, I mean that's it's so in some ways it's so antithetical, antithetical. What what's that word? Yeah, it is antithetical. Antithetical. But antithetical is an interesting. I word. like antithetical. No, it's <laughs> antithetical to the whole idea of UX. It's like. Why? We're going to create a product that's completely useless to anyone <laughs> unless you know everything, all the information already. And if you know all the information, then it will make sense. Okay. But otherwise, oh, I am so glad you brought this up. This, this is related to two other really important topics in the field of UX. Mm -hmm. Did you know that you just hit on... A really important I mean, I'm thing. brilliant, so yeah. Sure, well, you are. Okay, so here are two really important aspects of doing UX work. One is that 
people complain about um, all the documentation that UX people create and that we create too, many, too much and it's too complicated and no one understands it. Um, and therefore, therefore, according to some people you might talk to, we shouldn't be doing this stuff. Just stop. Just stop. It's not worth it. It takes too long. It's too complicated. It, you're overloading us with documentation. It's not necessary. Let's, you know, let's do it in a streamlined way. And um, so, I, and I don't agree with that. No, so I, I agree with you. I, I think I don't agree with that either. But what you, what I think has to so it doesn't it's sort of it's sort of like a block black box mentality. A lot of stuff that UXers do is complicated and makes no sense to anyone else. <laughs> like you know, like yes. like some of the crazy yes. user testing stuff and just like really in the oh weeds. there are there are many many things. But that's right. fine. If I'm an engineer, yes. it doesn't. I you know you're telling stuff you to the UX they you don't understand. But what you have right. to do is the, the finished product should be able to communicate to other people the ideas and insights that you've gathered. And I think if you create a journey map yes. that is incapable of doing that, that itself is not the finished document. You need to go I, I, another I'm step. Agree. I will agree with you on that because what you're essentially saying is you've created an unusable document. You've created a document that has a poor user experience <laughs> because no one can understand it. But the other thing I want to say, I, and so I, I, we're in agreement on that, but the other thing that I think is really important about what that thing you said a few minutes ago mm -hmm. is that a lot of times people who are not in the field of UX or don't do the work or haven't done the work, I don't think they realize that a lot of the stuff we do is not for anyone else. It's right. part of the stuff we need to do that so that we can understand what's going on and what the problem is. And I agree with you that if you have insights coming out of that that you want to share with someone, you need to share that in a way that's understandable. But sometimes um, I think, sometimes I think uh, it's a, it can be, it can be a mistake to do some of these things that we do in UX, like journey maps, like task analysis, like uh, 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 object action maps, uh, whatever it is we're creating. Sometimes it's, it's, a, it's a mistake to think that people are, the UX people are doing that in order, and, that, and then they will share it, you know, then they're doing it so that they can share things with others. Sometimes you are doing this stuff because you need to do it. Because you need to, in order for you to design something usable, you have, there's some things you need to know and understand and you don't know them. And so you do this technique, whatever it is, in order to understand it. And I, I think there is a, maybe a misunderstanding that, you know, the things we do are so simple that of course we can just do them and then we just share what happened and everybody understands. It's like, no, I agree with you. There is this, uh, there often is this other step. And I don't think we should do the stuff we do and be hampered by the thought that, well, I can't do the journey map this way because no one else will understand it. 
if this is the way that's best for you to do the journey map, to do your work, do it that way, and then do the extra Guthrie Weinshank step and, and create a version that, or create, find a way to share uh, your important insights. But I, I, I think we, we, we make a mistake if we feel that every, every summary of what we have learned has to be in a format that others can, can grasp. Some, some work that we do is for us or the team and then we can decide what to translate and share with others. And maybe other people don't agree with me. You know, we might hear back from people on this. I don't know. Right. Right. So. Well, that was an interesting tangent. Well, I was, you know, I would. For I thought it was interesting. Well, I think I think um, <laughs> the biggest problem that journey maps face, and yeah. economics faces this too, in some ways. Yeah. Is that um, uh, you're mapping multiple dimensions into two dimensions. Yeah. And yeah. every time you do that, it's not going to work. It's not. So it's not gonna the be worst with journey yet. maps is there's oh there's there's a there's a path that someone's taking, and it's yeah. oh and it's um there there are like tasks they need to complete, but then also there's almost always a time dimension, and things are yes. going chronologically, and you're trying yes. to represent that all in two dimensions, and it's a bad idea. Yeah. Um, a much what needs to happen there just needs to be software where you can create a journey map and then move through it step by step as an animation so that you can follow actually follow the journey. It's a great yeah, idea. Yeah, cuz you're cuz you're journeying and you're journeying in two dimensions, but then you're also yeah. moving through time. So you you have to have a way to to represent I love this. So Guthrie, you're going to you're going to create this, right? I'm always telling you I want you to create software and apps. Yeah. And you always say, no, yeah, oh, no, can't do I'm it. not going to do it. Yeah. But that would be a great I I love it. Yeah, idea. no, I mean that's that's what you need. And then it would make a lot of sense. Can I finish my journey map description? Yeah, though? go ahead. I'm done. I'm that's that's it. I'm all I'm all good. That's it. That's all that's you have to it. say. That's it. That's all I have to say. Well, if you think of other things, just let me know. <laughs> all right, when we left off. Yes. Uh, Zoe had we had her her journey we had the people we had the things you remember that yes okay now what we're going to add on to it actually and those things in this journey map i'm looking at there's the steps and then underneath that are the people underneath that and the things but now we're going to go above the steps and we're going to do thoughts and feelings so now we map out uh what zoe is thinking and what she's feeling as she goes through the steps so you know, there's a place where she's really nervous, where she thinks something looks scary, um, where, you know, she's saying, no, I don't want to do this, and so on. So that's thoughts and feelings. And then, uh, in this particular journey map, they kind of did an interesting thing. Um, the people and the things, they broke that up. They did that twice, and they called one of them on stage and one of them backstage. So there were the people on stage and the things on stage, meaning the people and the things that Zoe actually interacted with. But then they had another layer of people and things, were, uh, which were people and things that were going on in the background that Zoe might not necessarily notice. Like uh, there's uh, the patient record system. There's an imaging tech that is actually in another room, you know, that kind of thing. So... Um, so yeah, we ended up with one, two, three, four, five, six lanes. Uh, the steps, 
the thoughts and feelings, the onstage people and things, and the offstage people and things. So then what, what this team did and what you would do is you'd go through and you'd note the places that are problems. Uh, you know, like the crying and resisting is a problem. What are the steps that are a problem? Why are they a problem? Um, why are they a problem for Zoe? Why are they a problem for the hospital? And, um, and then you would go through and figure out, okay, so what can we do with those steps? How could we change this process um, to, to fix? And in, the, in this case, their big question was, how do we manage fear? That was the big question that came out of it. And then they came up with a plan. And then you can redo the map now with, uh, with changes to not only the steps, but changes to the people, changes to the things that you would want to do in order to solve the places that are problems. So uh, you can have a current state journey map then. Here's how it is now. And then you can, from that, you can work on a future state. You know, here's how we should redo this in order to take care of the problems. So that's uh, what a journey map is. And then, as I said, in this case, this one isn't too complicated. And I, I might even be looking at an example of what they did after they made it easier. <laughs> I'm not sure. So, um, it, you know, it's a very, by the way, journey maps are very popular. There is no one way to do them. There's no one way to do the process. There's no one way to do the illustration. Uh, people have all kinds of ways. There's no one set of, you know, who should be in on it. Um, but I will say it's, you want to avoid doing a journey map when you don't have anybody um, there who has really either been through the journey or has interviewed people who have been through the journey. You know, you don't want to sit around and imagine what you think the journey is. That's when you get, like, the state of California's version of how people vote that's not accurate, right? So uh, you need to do a journey map uh, if you're really going to dig into where are the problems and how can we fix them. You need to have people there who either are the ones going who have gone through the process and or have done, you know, have, have observed the process and interviewed people. Well, it's a fun way just to force you to to see the see things from the user's perspective. Yeah, I mean, the thing the things that I think the the things that make journey maps uh, unique, perhaps as compared with other tools that we use, are um, one of the things is that you. Uh, I mean, seeing things from the, forcing you, yourself to see things from the user or the uh, customer perspective, I mean, that's something that hopefully we do a lot in UX. But yes, you're right. It does kind of force you to do that. It also is a really great way to take into account not just the steps, but everything around the steps, like the people and the things and the thoughts and the feelings. I think sometimes we don't do enough of that. You know, we'll be doing a detailed task analysis, but perhaps we're not looking at enough at, you know, the artifacts uh, that people are using, the situation, how they're thinking and feeling. So I think it it um, it forces that as well, and I think that that can be 
Yeah, that's a kind of a unique part of it. And then the other thing I think it does, you know, really well, uh, and one of the reasons it's not just used in UX, but it's also used in, you know, service design and design thinking and other other processes, is that, uh, you know, you can do this. You know, a lot of times when we're working on UX, we're working on people's interactions with a digital product. Mm-hmm. And you can do a journey map. In fact, I think probably most journey maps are done about people going on a journey that may only partially or peripherally involve a digital product. You know, it's it's the things that they're doing. It's the phone calls they're making. It's the places they're going. Uh, it's the conversations that they're having. And, you know, that's um, that's really important. I think sometimes... In UX work, we get so narrowly focused on, you know, the part of the process that has to do with the design of the digital thing, right? Mm-hmm. Or the design of this one device. And this really zooms you out. And although there might be a digital device that people are interacting with in this journey map, it's you're looking at it in a much larger context. And I think that's really helpful. You, know, you need to understand that by the time someone gets, you know, pulls out their phone and uses that app, there are five things that have happened before that that it might have gone well or not, and it might affect how they're feeling about using this app, and there might be five things that happen afterwards that affect their use and feeling of the app, even though those five things before and after don't have to do with using the app. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course it makes sense. Yeah. So, Guthrie, um, are you going to, you think, you, does this make you want to go do a, a journey map? I got nothing a journey map. I'm doing pretty well. Well, I'm sure that you could have something a journey map. Yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, I'm going to have to see if we can get a, a journey mapping project for you to try out. Sure, that would be fun. I think that we should do that so you can you can try this out. All right. Well, um, you know, uh, if people have ideas about other topics like this that they would like us to cover, like other um, UX tools, we probably are going to do some more UX tool episodes. I hope you don't mind, Guthrie. It's just that having taught this class, this is all like top of mind for me. And in fact, um, we're doing so much. Uh, I'm, I'm recording all these videos for new classes we have coming out. We have a slew of new classes coming out shortly. And so I have all the stuff on my brain. Um, so probably I'm going to want to do podcast episodes about all this stuff because it's it's fun. I love this UX stuff. There you go. Guthrie, um, some things that I would like to remind people of before we're done. Yeah. Uh, and I always hesitate to do this because, you know, it. I'm going to talk about stuff coming up, but then if people listen to it later, that time has gone past. But I'm still going to do it, hoping that we catch some people. You and I are going to be at... Um, UXPA this year. Oh this yeah, 2019, and um, we're recording this podcast in April, and the conference is coming up in June, 
2019, Scottsdale, Arizona, uh, UXPA, UX Professional Association Conference. And uh, I haven't been in years. I used to go all the time. And we're both giving a talk, right? And then we're, we're also teaching our behavioral design workshop uh, in the, in the f right, you know, the pre-conference workshop. And so if any of you guys are listening and uh, you're thinking of going, I, I, or you didn't, weren't thinking of going, I highly recommend you consider it. It's a really fun conference. And, and if you do go, I hope you'll sign up for our workshop and we will see you there. They do still have some spots open for our workshop. And uh, then we, we uh, w in another episode, we'll talk, as we get closer to releasing these um, new courses, we'll talk more about the new courses. I am, I am really excited about them. I think they're, uh, I don't know. I've enjoyed recording them, so I hope people enjoy <laughs> learning from them. <laughs> Guthrie, if people want to reach us, how do they do that? Um... Info <laughs> you have to think about at it. Theteamw.com. <laughs> Info at theteamw.com. And uh, subscribe to our podcast. That would be great. Anything else you want to add? Guthrie? Can you think of anything else? No? I had someone reach out to me say they uh, and said they listened to the podcast. So thanks for that. <laughs> There's, mean there's one person listening. No, no, to no, 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 no. People, uh, people, people mention it all the time. But just, just uh, yesterday, there was Aww. there was someone. Act they, well, there's people like if I see in person, they'll tell me. But there's actually someone who like messaged who, me, who wrote in, yeah. who messaged you to tell you. Yeah, I just that's great. Yeah, I thought that was nice. Yeah, you know, it's so weird with podcasts because you really don't have any idea like who's listening. Or, and we don't. I mean, we, and we don't we podcast. And we don't podcast a lot anymore. Um, both well, we we're gonna get back at it. I, I don't know. I, I mean, there are so many podcasts, and you know, we don't get we I don't know, get paid for think... this. We have no ads. Uh, we it's just it just eats up our server space. Um, yeah, but uh, but we like it. No, uh, of course we like it. Yeah, absolutely. And I hope people like listening to it. I just think it's I think it's good to be regular in the in the episode. You know, I'm the one that's always like, we need to record a podcast. And and I, I certainly have a long list of ideas. So it's not like we don't have anything to talk about. But we have been really busy. And sometimes when we get busy, that's hard. And then I, um, I had that, <laughs> I had that cough for a month, yeah. and we couldn't record bad. anything. <laughs> so I was coughing. So if you're wondering where we've been, um, I, you didn't want to hear me while I was coughing. So that's and the cough is gone. Yay! All right, Guthrie, I've had a lot of fun talking about journey maps, and I will talk to you next time. All right, I'm gonna go watch the NBA playoffs. That's what I'm gonna do. Go do that. Bye. Bye.